Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one best-selling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like Are you an overbuyer or underbuyer? A morning person or night person? abundance lover, or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, I have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Wow. 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 That's wow. Really, Beth? Yeah, really. Really? Now even more. Wow. You know what? You're very disappointing as a woman. Really? You say you support women? Obviously, you don't. Wow. Wow. Hello, everyone. And unfortunately, I have to start this podcast off on a very somber note. Our dear Bethany Frankel has decided to leave the Real Housewives of New York. To put it lightly, I'm not okay. Wow, Bethany, wow, wow. Bethany, wow. She said in a statement to Variety, I've decided to leave the Housewives franchise to explore my next chapter. It's time to move on and focus on my daughter, my philanthropy, and my production partnership with Mark Burnett, producing and starring in shows which represent a shift in the conversation for women. With the changes in modern culture, I want to highlight the strength, confidence, an unstoppable power that women have. My experience at Bravo has been an incredibly magical ride. I'm so grateful to them for highlighting my entrepreneurialism, that's a tough word to say, <laughs> and allowing me to pave the way for many women to achieve their goals. I'm excited for my future. The best is yet to come. So it seems Bethany Frankel is looking towards the future of supporting other women. It seems Ramona has had an impact on her, and I'm very excited for Bethany's future, and I, of course, We'll miss her, but we'll welcome her back with open arms if she ever decides to return to us. To all of those out there that are mourning our loss at this time, just know that we've survived and thrived before when Bethany left the first time. All it takes is someone like Heather Yummy Tummy Thompson 
to walk on screen and yell, Hey Mama, alongside a Carol Radzivill and someone who's willing to throw their leg on camera. We've survived and thrived before and will survive and thrive again. I'd like you all to know that I'm confident and hopeful that going forward we'll have just as good of a franchise. Again, I will miss Bethany dearly, but I'm confident that we can move forward and we must all remain optimistic and support our other women at this time. We must think of Ramona, Tinsley, Sonia, Dorinda, and Luann. They need our support at this time and we must support them. I look forward to the next season. Now let's get to Southern Charm and have some fun. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino. It's Southern Charm reunion time. This is season six. This episode of Everything Iconic is going to be a little bit truncated. It'll be a little bit shorter because we're at the reunions now. There's only so much to talk about at the reunions, right? I mean, I love watching the reunions, but recapping the reunions is a little bit more difficult because we're all just sitting on a couch talking. Uh, That doesn't mean I don't love it, and we do have some thoughts we need to get out. But it'll be like a little bit of a little bonus mini episode. It won't be like our traditional recaps. But I do want to encourage everyone to tune in tomorrow to Everything Iconic. There'll be a special episode being released tomorrow morning or tonight. Tomorrow morning, tonight. That I think you'll all really enjoy. And I encourage everyone to listen. And also just subscribe to the podcast so you get all the episodes. Anyway, let's get to this reunion. First of all, everyone's getting ready. I love this backstage footage that we're getting at all the reunions now. We get all we get to see all of them getting ready. Madison apparently wants to make up with Danny. That's like a lingering issue that we're going to get to, not in part one of the reunion, but in part two. Apparently, the people backstage were saying that Madison says she wants to make up with Danny, but then is sending threatening texts, which is interesting to me. We see everyone getting ready. Catherine looks amazing. She looks stunning, right? I mean, I don't know if that dress was like a little too much. Although at these reunions now, we're wearing the fucking ball gown. So it's, uh, what's too much, quite frankly. But it's a huge dress, but she looks amazing. And everyone looked good. I thought the women obviously looked much better than the men, but I like the women way more than the men on this show. Cameron sort of looked like Cameron. I didn't think she looked like anything special. She's stunning, but I don't think it was like out of her comfort zone. I think it was what she normally looks like. Naomi's wearing LeBay, LeBay, still don't know how to say LeBay's or whatever the fuck her name, her brand name is, but she looked great. I love that color on her. Chelsea even looked good. Apparently Chelsea was ready to show the nips, she said backstage, her words. And the men look like they just threw themselves together at the last minute, of course. Craig's outfit looked the best out of the men. I thought Craig looked the best. Although I do like my Craigie with like maybe like a little bit shorter hair. He looked great though. Craigie is always looking good. I'm still a little bit leftover mad at him from last week, what he did. <laughs> I still haven't gotten over that, Craigie, if you're listening. But he looked the best out of the men. I liked his, his suit. And then Shep looked like he just, I don't know, rolled out of bed or something. He was fine. And Austin looked like, yeah, he looked fine. It just seems like the women are putting so much effort into this, and then the men just kind of roll out there. And that upsets me. But the stage... It was interesting. We had that bar set up behind them in the stage, but then there was no alcohol, which was, <laughs> it's like, what are we doing here? Remember back in the day, they would do reunions at the, I guess they would do some at the clubhouse, but then I felt like they were also doing them at like hotels and stuff. Like Andy would be like, we're at the Borgata Hotel. <laughs> it's always at a location. Now we're doing a lot of soundstage work, which isn't bad. It's just, I remember the Bravo days when we would be at a hotel, Jill Zarin would be in a t-shirt and jeans. Or Nini, 
Remember that first Atlanta reunion? That first Atlanta reunion, I will never forget, when Kim Zolciak was trying to explain why she wears wigs and then she was alluding to having cancer and then it was just all of a sudden revealed that she didn't and she found out in the Chili's or something. I'm going to play that clip here. It's truly one of my all-time favorite moments. It's from the season one Atlanta reunion. Ugh, brings me so much joy. I know that's not what this is about. Some of you are going to roll your eyes saying, why are you playing a clip from the season one Atlanta reunion? But we must remember our history. Is that your real hair or is it a wig? You know, I really want to talk about this. And Nini, I want to address something to you from, from an emotional standpoint. Um, I got very sick. I don't want to cry, but I got very sick. And this is not something that I would ever choose to do. Almost three years ago, um, I had lost 25 pounds. My hair was falling out. Nobody knew why. And they said, Kim, my, my, it was a friend of mine who was a doctor. And he said, Kim, I got to be honest with you. I mean, you're, you're, uh, you 90% sure you have cancer. So you had cancer? I wouldn't choose to walk around with a hairpiece, ever. Nobody would. And for you to say that, Nini, you knew. I mean, I got really skinny and I was sicker than I I knew what? That I was sick. I didn't know that you were sick. When you you said that you had cancer, that's the first time I ever heard that. I mean, I was used to having, like, beautiful hair. That's what I was known for. That was my signature growing up. Well, let me just go on record and say, I never heard that you were sick with cancer. Had I known that, things may would have been different. I thought you wore the hairpiece for style. Right. I don't have a problem with it. You do you. I mean, if that's what you want to wear, that's what you do. But I never knew you were sick. And, and are you cancer-free now? You know, they found out that I did not have cancer. I had some other problems. and uh, So you didn't have cancer? No, I did not. I, uh, I lived about three weeks. I remember sitting in the Chili's waiting for the test results, and it was terrible. And um, they were like, you know, you're, you're healthy this way. Well, we got some other stuff going on, which is, you know, not what I want to talk about. But uh, so it was some other stuff, and it's been almost three years, and my blood work's been great, and, you know, it changed my life. I'm just happy to be here. Okay. Um, so you didn't have cancer? No, I did not. Okay. It was the weirdest set. I mean, though, now we're getting these big fancy sets with fake alcohol bottles and a bar setup. But back in the day, I remember when we would just be in a small room, a small black box theater uh, at the Borgata Hotel. And I miss those days. But this set also had Craigie's pillows on the couches, which was nice, a nice little touch. And I get excited when they do all the backstage stuff. I really like it. And then I like when they do the PA countdowns with like five, four, three. I get so excited when they do that. And it's like heightening music. I don't want them to ever stop that. They've sort of leaned into that with all of the reunions lately. And I like it a lot. Andy looked cute too. I liked his tie. So Andy, right off the bat, he says, hope you're ready for some good good old fashioned pearl clutching. And look, I think maybe Andy's a listener to Everything Iconic. I'm always talking about clutching my invisible pearls. And here we are, open in the Southern Charm reunion, talking about the pearl clutching. And so I would just like to say, maybe Everything Iconic has like a tiny bit of impact. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, it's a popular phrase. I'm not going to take credit for it. I'm just saying, I've never heard them say, we're clutching our pearls on the Southern Charm reunion before. But who am I? Anyway, everyone, uh, everyone is there except for Eliza. So we've always been talking about who's on this main cast. I've been saying on the podcast who's on it. Now, the promotional image from season six that was like sent out to, I don't know, press outlets and stuff. There's a promotional image that includes everyone that was on that stage plus Eliza. So Eliza's technically in the main cast, but she's nowhere to be seen on this reunion. She was a non, a non anything this whole season. But it's interesting to me that she's not the reunion, and I wonder how that 
played out. Like, was she paid as a main cast member? Did she just not bring anything interesting? And then when they were deciding who comes to this reunion, how did they make those decisions? Were they immediately like, Eliza's not coming? But then, where's Whitney? Whitney was like a big part of the season, and I feel like he was talked about. Where's Whitney? Where's Patricia? No sign of Patricia anywhere. I haven't seen her in the reunion preview at all. Where's Patricia? SOS, where's Pat? I need to need to send out an SOS on Pat because I don't know why she's not at this reunion. I need her there. I didn't feel like going to the reunion, so I didn't go. That's all I can assume happened. They probably reached out to her and she's like, no, I don't want to do it. And look, I'm not saying I blame her. Patricia doesn't need this stress, but I would like her there. I like to see my Patricia. I need her on the TV. And so, yeah, I don't know who's there. Eliza, Don's not there. Whitney's not there. But then Danny and Madison are coming out. Next season, they really need to nail down a cast because that's been frustrating to me. I'm not saying we shouldn't have a million side characters. I'm just saying it's like a little bit confusing. And I do think that's why we haven't had that full opening theme song, opening credits, because I don't even think they fucking know who's in the cast. It's like whoever shows up to set that day, they're filming. They put a mic on him. Doesn't matter if it's Matul. Where's Matul? He wasn't at the reunion. We're talking about him. No one knows who's. Where's Michael? Where's Michael and Patricia? We, no one knows. Whoever showed up that day to film is who they're filming. I'm sure somebody could have walked on set on Southern Charm and they'll put a mic on you and all of a sudden you're in the cast. They don't know. They don't know who's who. They just put on a blindfold and then mic some. <laughs> mic, up, <laughs> mic up a random. Anyway, uh, the first question is right off the bat, Andy's asking the men about being trash. And I love that because that's what we've been saying all along, right? The women are truly the bright spots of the show, and I could frankly do without the men. I could. I love my Craigie, but I'm still mad at him from last week. And I don't know. He could appear. He could be like a side character. But maybe we just need to focus on the women. I love, though, how Andy, right off the bat, he was asking those shady questions. And then, like, some of them weren't even shady it was like questions that people sent in, but one of them wasn't even a question. It was just like, Austin, Sally from Reseda says that you're a loser. <laughs> Austin. Austin was like, what's the question? And then like, no one knew. Everyone's just like, oh, well, I think it's just a comment. <laughs> uh, it's so good. Like Sarah Beth said that your beer company's not ever happening and you're a piece of trash. And Austin's like, like, what's the question? There's no question. And then, of course, like, we're talking about Shep being the worst. And Shep says, none of this matters. He says, by the way, none of this matters. These questions, these people that are writing in, none of this matters. He says, we're just a blip. So just smile and try not to hurt anybody. Now, I would just like to say that that footage of Shep making fun of the homeless woman was from either, like, the night before this reunion or that weekend or, after, or shortly after. So Andy did confront him and say, well, is that what you did this season? You just shut your mouth and smiled and didn't hurt anyone? And Shep was like, no, well. And that's not what he does. Like, Shep doesn't do what he says he does. And I'm just really sick of Shep. And this whole reunion wasn't doing him any favors. He was just not nice. He's, like, sort of taking responsibility a little bit, but mostly just being combative, I thought. I don't know. I don't know. And Cameron says that Shep and Craig have made changes. And look, I'm tired of Cameron. I know Cameron's friends with these people, but it seems like she just makes excuses for these men. And if they were women, I don't know that Cameron would be as forgiving. Does that make sense? If the two people that she was sitting next to on the couch were two women, Naomi and Catherine or whatever, 
I feel like she'd be harder on them. And she wouldn't say, oh, they've made these changes. Because I don't think Shep and Craig have made big changes. And so Cameron's always sticking up for Shep. And I just think, like, come on, Cam. Come on. I do like Cameron, though. Did you guys see? Oh, my God, we haven't got to talk about this. Did you see the flashback to the real world footage? Ah, woo! I felt alive when they showed that footage. It was like a blast from the past. It was a nostalgia spiral. I wanted more. I wanted them to play the whole episode. I know they couldn't do that, but I wish Andy would have been like, hey, remember when you made out with Brad on The Real World? Instead of just showing that clip, I wish they showed the whole season. Just cut to it. Just cut to the whole season. I don't even know where it's streaming. Maybe it's somewhere. But I wish we could all just sit and watch that. The real world, it was so good back in those days. You remember? Ugh, I used to love it. In high school and college even, I loved the real world. I did. I started watching when I was younger. I don't even know if I was in high school, but it was the Hawaii years. And I remember Cameron's season. I don't remember her making out with Brad in the hot tub, but it was a thrill to see that footage. I don't know if Bravo had to pay MTV for that footage or how it worked out, but I was just happy to see it. And look, Brad from the real world made an appearance on Southern Charm. Like, where are we in space and time? I didn't know as I was watching it. I'm like, what? My equilibrium went off. I was falling over. I'm like, what happened? Where are we? And it was such a thrill. It's exactly what I needed. Exactly what I needed. And then Cameron says something about how she looks stupid and entitled on the uh, season talking about motherhood. And I actually think what Cameron was saying about motherhood was very relatable to a lot of people. And everyone's going to complain about something, right? I mean, no matter what anyone says, it's like Cameron was trying to live her truth. And of course, she's going to get negative comments. But I think, as she even said at the reunion, she got an overwhelming response of positivity. So, you know, people are going to complain about anything. Anything you say, people are going to feel the opposite way, and it is what it is. Anyway, then, let's see, Cameron uh, says she has no, oh, this is interesting. She said her and Jason don't have a joint checking account. And it's so interesting because Matt and I just had this conversation, and I don't believe in it. I just think that everyone, I think finances should be separate. I don't, I've just always thought that. My mom always said she always had her separate bank account. Maybe I shouldn't be talking about this on air, but I've just, oh, that's how I was brought up. It's like the Two people should have their separate monies. And I think it's okay to also have a joint account, like for joint bills, the house bills, the electric, all that stuff, have a joint account. But I do think it's important for you to also have separate ones. And maybe I'm in the minority there, and some people might feel differently, but that's just how I was raised. And so I think it's really important because you never know. You just never know. There's one thing I've learned from all of these Housewives shows. It's that a man could be cheating and doing whatever on the side or being an asshole and, you know, you find out and you got to get on the run. And I would never want to be stuck in some sort of battle or, you know, even like look at Bethany and Jason. I guess they sort of had their joint finances for a little while and they're still, it's years and years later and they're still going through it. So I don't know. I think it's important. Of course you trust your significant other and you, you expect to be together forever, but I think it's best to have your separate fun. And my mom always would call it funny money, right? <laughs> she would always say, that's what she would, she would have her own account. And if she wanted to buy a dress or a purse or shoes or whatever the fuck she wanted to buy, she could buy it. And that's what I like. I don't ever want somebody telling me you can't buy something. If I want to buy some Space Jam merch off of eBay, I don't want to have to check in with someone and say I'm taking out 100 bucks from our joint account and I'm buying a Taz doll. 
I don't want to have to go there. <laughs> if I want to buy the nanny Barbie off a seller on eBay called Mr. Sheffield 84, I'm going to buy it. I don't want to have to check in. I just want to buy it. I just want to hit buy it now on eBay. And then I want to receive it in the mail. And I don't want to have to ask my significant other, hey, is it okay if I buy this nanny Barbie doll? Because that's what I want. So I would encourage that, but everyone's up to you. It's up to you. Anyway, then we cut to Shep uh, answering about that woman that fell in the ditch on the date. Remember that? Remember that story? Shep was riding a bicycle and then the woman fell in the ditch and he just kept driving. What the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? Are we just (laughs) so glad this came up again? I had forgotten it happened. I was like, oh my God, I totally forgot Shep just drove along on a bicycle and left some woman in a ditch. That happened. It was an actual thing that happened, and we finally addressed it, and Shep just said, well, I didn't realize, you know, I'm usually ahead of the pack. And like, what the fuck? That shows you what kind of person Shep is. Left someone in a ditch. If a friend, if I was on a date, it wasn't a date, he said it was a date. If I was on a date with a man, and I fell in a ditch, which wouldn't be too far off, I'm a clumsy person, I'm a clumsy individual, and if I fell in a manhole or a ditch somewhere as we were riding bikes, and that person left me, my God, my God, I would never talk to that human again. And I would do everything I could to disparage them uh, among any person I came into contact with. <laughs> my best friend used to, <laughs> my friend, friend used to date this guy. And he, she called me one day and she's like, I won't say his real name. I won't say his real name, but she called me and she's like, Ryan fell in a ditch. And I was like, what? And he had fallen. <laughs> this isn't funny, but he fell in a manhole. He fell in a manhole, like he was out running, and he fell in a manhole on the street, on the sidewalk. And she called me because he was like stuck, and she was so worried. She's like, Ryan's in the ditch. And I mean, that's what hap- That's what you should do. That's what a good person does. They call their friends, and they call 911 and get that person out of the ditch. Shep didn't do that. But I'm just saying, it happens. Oh my God, I, was, I laughed so hard. My friend called me. I was like, what are you talking about? He's in a ditch. <laughs> How the fuck did he fall in a ditch? But apparently, you know, in L.A., there's all these different spots on the sidewalk where there's manholes. Apparently, he's just walking or running along, and he fell in the ditch in the manhole. And he was stuck in there because it was, like, really deep. He wasn't hurt. No injuries, but he did fall into a manhole. So, it happens. It happens. Anyway, then, they talk about chepping an asshole on that trip. I wondered why Whitney wasn't here. And... Actually, during this moment, I was noticing Andy kept asking Cam what she thinks, and I thought that Cameron could host these reunions. If Andy never wanted to, and they didn't want to hire me, (laughs) obviously I would be the next choice in my dream scenario, but if they didn't want me, and Andy was like, no, I'm done, then I would think that Cameron would be great at it, don't you? I feel like that'd be the next evolution of Cameron. If she was a Pokemon, that'd be like her final Pokemon evolution, is hosting the Southern Charm reunion. She's ever, if they ever decide to get rid of Cameron, I think that'd be a perfect opportunity for her to just host these reunions and then she could be out of the mix. Anyway, Shep says he can be snotty, elitist, rude. Then he says, I can also be jovial and, and we can have all these things within us. And Andy's like, You made everyone on the stage cry. All the women said he made them cry. And then his re- Shep's response to that well, was, That really pissed me off that all the women said that I made them cry. Ugh, I just hate, I don't even, I don't even want to talk about him anymore. Like, I feel like I just constantly am saying I don't like him, and I just don't like him. And I'm sorry if you do, because it's annoying to listen to someone talk about how much you hate somebody if you like them. You know what I'm saying? 
So I'm sorry, but I don't know what else to say about him. Except for that I did see a tweet online that said he had wooden teeth, and they showed it on the <laughs> showed it on the screen. And look, no one among us is perfect physically, right? But they showed that tweet on the, they showed the reply to that tweet on the screen. And when I saw that tweet, I think it was the same tweet, so forgive me if I'm wrong, but I did you guys catch on the reunion they showed like a tweet that Shep a few tweets that Shep had been tweeting at other people in response. I think one of those, I could be wrong, but I think one of those was about Shep's quote unquote wooden teeth. And when I saw the wooden teeth tweet, <laughs> it's hard to even say that without laughing. But when I saw the wooden teeth tweet about Shep, I thought, oh, that's below the belt. I thought to myself, that is below the belt. That's rude. You know, we shouldn't pick on someone's appearance. I wouldn't like it. They were doing it to one of the women. And that's what I thought in my head. But then on this reunion, when I saw what Shep replied, he was replying the meanest things to people. I thought, you know what? Maybe he deserves it with the wooden teeth. Maybe, just maybe. <laughs> he had it coming. He had it coming. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, that's, um, I'm tired of talking about Shep. Anyway, then we talked to uh, Naomi about Matul. They've been together a year and a half. Naomi shares her location with Matul, which was weird to me, but whatever works for people. I think some of these things are red flags, you know? I think some of these things are red flags. And the controlling stuff, we saw the package on the reunion of Matul being controlling. I think that's something that we all need to pay a little bit of attention to. And the food comments, I didn't like that. And then the location sharing, it's just a lot. And I'm not saying it doesn't work for them, but maybe these are things that we all need to pay attention to. And if they continue on, we all need to say, and Naomi, get out. Get out. But for now, maybe we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And it was also funny that Andy, again, just kept saying nastiest things from viewers. And that's all Andy does, and I love him for it. <laughs> Bravo, Andy. He just says the worst things. He's like, everyone called Matul an asshole. And then it's just like, <laughs> so mean. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Then Matul, uh, let's see, oh, Craig gave Naomi a Rice Krispie treat, which was cute. They had a little moment. And then as we're talking about Matul, Shep says, Matul comes from a male-dominated society. And I was a little confused what he was talking about. Then he said to Naomi, do you think it's cultural? And then Naomi says, Matul was born in D.C. And I laughed really hard at that. I did. It was just like perfect comedic timing. Matul was born in D.C. And... <laughs> Anyway, Naomi eventually just says Matul's personality didn't translate to camera, to TV. And I get that. I do understand that because it's like Matul didn't sign up for this. And he probably thought he was being like funny and cute and sarcastic. That's why I'd be afraid to be on a reality show because you just don't know. You might think your personality is nice and cute and then all of a sudden you see yourself on TV and you're a dick. That's something that I would fear. They could edit you into a dick or maybe you just are one and then you don't see it until you're on TV. It might be good for some people to see that, but like I was thinking Shep, but Shep was saying he didn't even realize he's an asshole. It was like he, they, I think Chelsea at one point asked him like, do you watch the show and see that you're being an ass? And he didn't seem to get it. So maybe some people just don't want to see themselves. Maybe. I don't know. Then we talked to Craig about him wanting to be a male Martha Stewart. He's almost sold his thousandth pillow. And then we talk about his Adderall. And apparently Craig would take Adderall until he crashed. So he would stay up on Adderall and then take it again because he still had more work to do when he was in law school. And it was revealed Adderall suppresses your appetite. Yeah, that we talked. I didn't realize that Craig had an Adderall problem. And I wonder how prevalent 
this is. I mean, I've read it online, like blogs and stuff. They say that about different people and some of the other casts. So it was so interesting to me that we were talking to Craig about it. And I think, did we talk to Stasi about it? I think we talked to Stasi about it. Or one of the Vanderpump people were talking about Adderall at some point, maybe in a reunion or something. Forgive me, all of this stuff runs together in my head. But I think we were talking to Stasi about it last reunion. And it's so interesting to me that we're talking about this openly because I feel like for years, we never addressed that some of these people might be taking Adderall. So that was satisfying to me. Anyway, then Andy asked why Craig is wearing that eyeliner in the scene. And I thought, who the fuck cares? I don't know why that's, that was a question. Why are we, who cares that he was wearing uh, mascara or whatever it was on his eyeliner? <laughs> Not mascara. But who cares if he was wearing mascara or rouge? Whatever the fuck Craig he wants to wear, let him wear it. If he wants to color his face and contour it to the high heavens, let him. If he wants those cheeks to look <laughs> sharp, let him be. Men nowadays, we're all, everyone's wearing makeup and whatever they want to wear. Let men wear what they want to wear. They, I want to wear some cover-up, but when I go to the bank, so be it. Could you imagine if in real life, everyone's just asking, if I went to the bank and the teller was like, hey, is that some rouge you got on? I'd be like, don't fucking ask me about that. But here is Andy at the reunion being like, Craig, what's with the eyeliner? I didn't like that. Andy wouldn't, I mean, it's not Andy's fault. Let's be honest. It's like the viewer's fault for writing in these questions. <laughs> but... I would say that let men do whatever they want to do, and it just enforces that sort of toxic masculinity that men can't wear makeup or men can't worry about the way they look and that kind of thing. It's like we should all be able to play with all the crayons in the box, right? If somebody wants to do some makeup, they want to look like a drag. If Craig wants to look like a drag queen, let him be. Let's take a quick break here, and then we'll come right back and finish this up. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in L.A. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, They just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. 
live. And it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, And also you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes us savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, Again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash iconic. Anyway, then they all agree that Craig's finally over Naomi. They talk about that for a minute. Then we see Catherine's package. Catherine talks a little bit about co-parenting with Thomas. She says things are fine. And then she's still dating Hunter, the little Polly Pocket country guy. It was very cute, by the way. Again, not an insult. I like a short. I like a little pocket gay. I like a little Polly Pocket. I like someone who's nice and petite. I'm tall. I'm 6'3", so I've always liked a little shorty. So I'm not, uh, no offense to that. It was just, he's a very attractive young short man. Same age as Catherine too, which is great. Which is great. And then, this was weird. So Andy asks about Catherine and Whitney having sex. And then Whitney, or Catherine says, well, yeah, like we did. I don't know why he's denying that. It's probably because he doesn't want his personal life on TV, blah, blah, blah. Then Andy says, well, when President Clinton denied having sex, it was because he just got a blowjob. So then Andy's basically asking, like, did you blow Whitney? And I thought, maybe this is a step too far. (laughs) Maybe this is something that we shouldn't talk about here. You know, maybe this is something that should be off limits at the reunion, asking people if they gave someone else a blowjob. So what if she did? Who among us hasn't, Andy? I'm sure you've been on your knees before. This is not a question for the TV. This is just maybe keep it to yourself or ask her backstage. Hey, did you blow a Whitney? And she could answer you. It's not something maybe that should be on TV. It's the same way I feel about the plastic surgery questions. I think like, do we really need to ask this? Every year we're going to ask, did they get a blue boob job, nose job, whatever? Anyway, anyway, he did ask it in a very clever way. I'll say that. He said the president, you know, he's denied it. And then it was because he got a blow job. So that was an interesting way to do it. It was smart wording, I suppose. I'll give him that. Anyway, then, apparently Whitney didn't want to be pulled into the legal mess of Thomas, so that's what Cameron said about it. And fuck off, Thomas. Like, he's still controlling this part, it seems, of Catherine's life, and it just, I felt bad for Catherine. It's like, Thomas is still sort of looming over her, and it's just fucked up. Those 
controlling people, those controlling men or women or whoever's controlling in your life, I feel like they do it forever. And it's like they get off by controlling. And it's so disgusting. It's like, you don't want this person. You two are broken up. You're in a new relationship. Like, stop trying to control her. Ugh, makes me sick. Anyway, Catherine talks a little bit about her Watch What Happens Live appearance. They show clips. It's funny the clips that they chose because it was just like, not even clips of Catherine talking. It was just her kind of like looking a little disheveled. <laughs> like they were trying to prove that she was all fucked up. But the clips just looked like she was maybe a little disheveled. But she says she can drink now and she has no drinking problem. And then Craig and Austin kind of go in on her for things that she said on Watch What Happens Live. And she said to Austin, I think you're boring sometimes. And that's honest. At least she's being honest. So I don't know. I, I didn't see that full episode of Watch What Happens Live. So I don't know if Catherine is being crazy then or not. But from the footage we saw, maybe she seemed like maybe she had a couple of drinks or cocktails or something. But I don't know that she was on a lot of drugs or anything like they were implying. But what do I know? Anyway, that was the end of it. I don't even know why Chelsea's on that couch. Did she even say two words? She maybe, maybe said one thing to Shep at one point. But that was it. That was the whole episode. I don't know why she was there. Next week, we get Madison and Danny who I think should have been there instead of Chelsea. I think Madison and Danny should have been there for the whole reunion. Very excited for them to get out. Danny cries, and I feel terrible about Danny. I do. Danny is embarrassed about that chlamydia accusation, and I get that. Look, Madison should never have done that to Danny. It's disgusting that she did that to Danny, and I feel bad. What I would like to say to Danny, if she's listening, is that don't sweat it, girl. (laughs) It's just chlamydia. Who among us? Who among us hasn't even been there or known someone who has? So, Danny, if you're listening, don't sweat it, girl. I know you're upset. You're thinking everyone's judging you for the chlamydia. But guess what? Who among us hasn't had the clap or been in contact with someone with the clap? Okay? We shouldn't throw sticks and stones your way. So just stay strong, girl. Keep your chin up. And we're all on your side. We're all on your side. Although I'm also on Madison's side. Not with that situation, but in general, I'm on on Madison's side. So I hope that Danny knows that it's okay, girl. We got you. We got you. We're not going to let these men get away with any of that bullshit. I bet you every man on that stage has had the clap, I would guess. That'd be my uh, my take. I bet you. Anyway, thank you all for listening and joining me on the Southern Charm journey. I think next week's the last part of the reunion, so I thought this episode was going to be shorter than it was, but here we are. And I love you all so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. Please check back in the morning for a very special episode with Jillian Bell. We talk about our new movie, and then we also just talk about all sorts of nostalgic pop culture, and it's a really fun episode, and I'm excited for you guys to hear it, and I had so much fun chatting with her, so I really hope you'll give it a listen. Even if you don't want to see that movie, which I think you should see that movie, but give the episode a listen, because we get into all sorts of early uh, nostalgic pop culture topics. So with that, I want to say please find me on social media, at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. If you want one of the t-shirts, go to everythingiconic.threadless.com. I'm on Cameo, although I turn it off on the weekend. So if you want a Cameo, I will uh, I will get to it during the week. And it's usually off during the weekend. So just check back if you are looking then. I love you all so much. Let's do a little breathing exercise to cool us all down and get us on our way. So let's all take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Be kind to one another. I love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye.
icons. I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time, and I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.